Welcome back to another episode of the Homeschool with Ease podcast. My name is Nancy McHale, and today I'm going to be talking about how we can make learning rich. Now, what do I mean by this? Um, when I think of this phrase, I think make, making learning rich means making it like substantial, making it mean something getting away from the busy work and focusing on truly building knowledge and skills, not necessarily just worksheets and busy work and that sort of thing. Just really making it about the child and making it rich for them and like substantial and meaningful. Now, sometimes we need the busy work, right? As like, If you're a teacher or a parent, you need that time to maybe like get something together or just take a breather or keep one child busy while you're working with another child. Um, That is needed and it's okay to have it at these times. It is okay to have busy work from time to time, but it should not be the way of teaching. It shouldn't be like what encompasses the the true part of teaching. Let me give you some examples. So one thing with learning story elements and literary elements, a lot of times I see teachers use worksheets to teach plot or comprehension or setting, character, like all those story elements, right? Now, it's not bad, okay? It's definitely not bad, but it could be better. And the way that we can make it better is one way could be through reading a novel. You Maybe if you're in a classroom, you read like you have different, maybe three to four different groups that are um, at different levels and you have a different novel for each of them. If you are working at home with your child, you have one that is at their grade level, but it could be a novel or a, you know, if they're really young, a book that you're learning all of this from. And let's take it from the book, right? We're learning these story elements for reading. So let's read and learn about all of these things from a book. So I'll give you some examples. My favorite novel that I read with my third and fourth graders was How to Eat Fried Worms. And in this book, we I think we read this as a class because all the activities we did were as a class. So we read this all together, and it was a fun book to read, and we learned all of, like, the story elements. We we talked about character, setting, plot, theme, all of those things. We extracted our vocabulary words from the book. We, that was our, like, word list for the week. I didn't have spelling lists, which I will get to next. And the reason why I don't do that, or I didn't do that, 
Um, so we, you know, we got everything from the book. It all centered around it. And what that does is really make it a lot more meaningful and help make connections more for the child. And in addition to reading the novel and learning all of the reading skills, we did really fun activities that had to do with how to eat fried worms that still involved learning and practicing of skills. For example, we read, we, I had them write their own recipe on how to make a fried worm. And so they had to practice writing and their creativity. We made a cookie that looked like a fried worm. So they had to follow a recipe and that is practicing math. Um, we did a taste test and this is my favorite part. So I got them string cheese and they tried string cheese with a bunch of different condiments like mustard and chocolate and ketchup and barbecue sauce, like a bunch of things. And they actually tried it. And most of them actually liked the chocolate, which was surprising, but I understand it. <laughs> From there, they graphed the class responses. And so it was a well-rounded unit on reading this book. And it doesn't mean every book has to be like this, but just showing you the potential of what it can turn into and how that alone is just really enriching for a child to learn reading in this way. The other example that I have for you is spelling lists. Now, when I was a teacher, I really try not to give spelling lists. And the reason for that was, again, that I wanted to get away from the busy work. I wanted to really make it meaningful. Now, I want to preface this by saying that for the younger grades, like kindergarten, first grade, second grade, I would say that learning sight words and practicing those and those kind of basic words, I think that's important. I think that having, you know, a list every week and having the kids memorize those and practice those, I think that is important. But I would say maybe third grade and up that spelling lists could be beneficial if they were kind of used or taught in the right way. But most of the time, it's not. Most of the time, it's 15 to 20 words that kids have to memorize for the week. And they might have to do three times each. They might have to write them in sentences. They might have to do all you know different activities with them. And then they do a, a test on it. And that's it, right? That's what usually happens. Um, the problem with that is that most of the time, children will forget how to spell those words. Now, the way if if it was taught in like, this is the word family, and these are the words that go along and kind of talking about the actual spelling of it and studying the, the spelling part of it, that would make more sense. Like 
if one week we focused on IGH words um, for the whole week and focused on it and actually like sparsed them out and talked about all of the different pronunciations and, and that sort of thing, that would make sense. But it's not taught like that. So what I did was um, instead of spelling, we had five vocabulary words for the week. And on Monday, I would show a PowerPoint with each word, a picture of it, the meaning of it. We talked about, we talked about the word, we used it in sentences. I tried to apply it to the students' lives. You know, we had a whole thing. And on top of it, those words were extracted from things that they're already learning, like in science or social studies or the book that we were reading. So it all had, it all connected. It was meaningful. Um, now, and then for spelling, the way that I addressed spelling was through their writing. So when I would edit their writing, I would address the spelling and help them fix mistakes, explain it to them and that sort of thing. So those are just examples of some of the ways that we can make learning rich. Now, when everything that you like that you do when you're teaching should involve like ask, I would say everything when when you are teaching, ask yourself, is this meaningful? Will my child really gain what I want them to gain from it? Or is it just busy work? And if it is, it's fine. But like, let's try not to have it all be busy work, right? Let's try to have a combination of meaningful, substantial work and a little bit of the busy work because we, you know, we all need that at some point, just a little bit of a break. So what I would say to start really making learning meaningful would be to First, like I said, ask yourself, is this meaningful? Is what I'm trying to teach my child in this way, is, it, is this going to really like connect with my child or my students? And then I would find different ways of teaching or implementing the information and really thinking about the child when you are planning the lesson. Oftentimes we plan what's easiest for us, right? Like it is so much easier to get a workbook out and give it to them. It is a lot easier to do that. Um, and I get it. But is that the best way? Usually no. So what? So how can we plan it to be the best way? And once you get in a system and a routine, then it will be easier to start planning in this way. And not all of it has to be like this. Like not every single subject needs to be a full-on hands-on activity or a project or anything like that. Usually math is kind of more workbook practice. Like, you know, use your your it's your to your discretion. But most of the time, like those like, you know, really rich, heavy topics, let's try to make it more involved and hands-on. So I hope that helps. And I hope that um, it kind of gives you some 
guidance on how to plan lessons and kind of make learning rich. And if this is something that you wanted to plan further, I do work with teachers and homeschool parents one-on-one to plan out lessons, plan out curriculum that is personalized for your students or for your child. So if you are interested, get in contact with me. You can always email me at nancy at buildaproject.net. And if you could just take one minute out of your day to give me a review on this podcast, that would help me tremendously because it will help grow the podcast. And I'd love to hear from you if this helps you, if these episodes help you. Um, it really feels great getting feedback just because I know, like, I hope I'm helping and I hope that, you know, it's reaching you. So I would love to hear from you. And I hope that you have an awesome week and I will talk to you next time.